Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. What's going on, Joe? And what's going on out there, everybody in T-Bomb land? Uh, well, I need to come up with a better, a better hello. I think I say that every time I, I ask that question, Joe, as if, as if hundreds and thousands of people are going to just answer me. Um, but, uh, nonetheless, I, I, folks, I mean it genuinely when I ask you how everybody's doing for the week, uh, hopefully you're doing fantastic. Hopefully you're being the best you. Uh, and so when I say that, even though it sounds so repetitive, so redundant, uh, over time, I truly mean it when I ask that question. I felt like I needed to say that, Joe, uh, because I, I, I annoy myself when I'm like, "Can you come up with something different already than what's going on?" I think one show I actually just when you asked if I would, uh, you know, you said my brother Tony's here, and I just was like, "Yeah, yeah." I, I did. I, I thought maybe I'm just going to change it up and see how that works out. But um, nonetheless, uh, what's going on on your end? Oh, nothing. Just staying busy today. Doing a uh, had a last second drone shoot I had to get done for a real estate agent, and uh, just you know living the dream, man. Living the dream. Now, yeah. now I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, uh, same thing. I'm I'm up in Lansing uh, right now, and uh, many people who follow this journey they know that uh, back and forth between my home and my second home, I guess we can call it uh, right now. So many people, you know, I, I think about this. Um, there's so many people out there right now that that actually, you, you know, I talk about how, you know, I live in Northeast Ohio, right, right, right by you. And then I drive up here and I work for a week or two at a time, go back home, drive back up here. Um, it's, it's almost the norm anymore. Um, it, for instance, the, the facility I work at up here, the General Motors facility, I, Joe, I wouldn't be surprised if 50% of the people that I work with drive more than an hour every day mm. to get to work. So more than actually two hours every day to get to work and to get home. Um, and not a whole lot of people that actually live in the Lansing area. Uh, they're coming from Flint. They're coming from Grand Rapids. They're coming from Detroit, um, uh, Battle Creek. And these are all places, folks, that are like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes away from Lansing. And it's just it seems like it's the norm. And I talked to so many other people that not in the auto industry, but in other industries and they talk about how, oh, yeah, I do a two-hour commute. I have a, an apartment up in this, you know, uh, I have an apartment in Cleveland, and I drive from Toledo to Cleveland every day. And if the weather's bad, I stay at the apartment. And it's just like, wow. Um, it, it's so crazy. It, it, it really is crazy that that's, that's the norm now. You know, it really is. How many people out there, we, we, we would be interested in knowing this, how many people out there actually travel that far for their job, for their, you know, their employment? That'd be an interesting topic, huh? I, I think it would. Yeah. But um, you figure in the gas prices with that as well, Mike. Uh, that, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. I, I mean, agree. it's crazy. I would I, you you almost have to never mind the bad weather. You have to have an, uh, an apartment or something halfway just to avoid. I don't know, spending your entire paycheck every two weeks on uh, filling up your, you go to work just to pay to go to work. Yeah. And I, if I start talking about that from my end, I'm preaching to the choir to so many people out there right now, right. Uh, folks that dates the show big time. Uh, I, we always joke about dating the show because uh, it's impossible not to date the show 2022. All right. Uh, episode 19, by the way, uh, uh, season three, 
Uh, this this show is, you know, airing in the beginning or I, well, actually the very beginning of summer of 2022. And anybody uh, who's listening to this show three years from now, you will remember that it was an arm and a leg literally for a take of gas. Uh, so hopefully three years from now when we're listening to this show, because it'll still be right there in the bank on the site. Right. Two brothers, one Mike. Uh, if you go to Spotify, Anchor. Uh, you name it, Google, Facebook, uh, Breaker, Stitcher. I saw Stitcher, by the way, Joe. Is we're another... we're, yeah, we're on Amazon now, too. Oh, and, and Amazon. So you go to any one of them, three years from now, the show's still sitting there. You'll, I'm hoping that you're putting a dollar fifty a gallon in your tank at that point. That would be <laughs> nice. Or will we even be driving with gasoline? Who knows? Uh, I say yes. Uh, I say it's going to be a long time before it's all electric. But that's just me. Uh and my opinion is what it is. So that being said, what we're going to do now, folks, we're going to get a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what this show is about today. And that's the principles of exercise science. Don't go anywhere. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Do you find yourself dreading all of the specifics when it comes to prepping your meals for the week? I mean, calculating calories and macros can be such a pain, which for many of us can result in losing our momentum when we're starting a new eating lifestyle. And I know for me, I was constantly figuring out which foods to eat so I wouldn't only stay under calories, but also maintain my macros. What's more is I hated the idea of eating the same thing every day simply because I finally came up with that perfect combination. But then I found Kitchen Apps. Founded in 2015 by Tom Kitchen Apps, their mission is simple. They created a personalized selection of flavorful gourmet meals that are perfectly portioned and nutritionally balanced to fit their clients' lifestyles, as well as their physical needs, all for a very affordable price. You receive three meals plus two snacks for five days, so your whole work week is completely taken care of. And yes, there are options to add or subtract meals as you need them for the weekends too. So for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, as I said before, we went to commercial. Um, we are talking today about principles of exercise science. And I think what is uh, a fantastic idea to make sure that we're doing before every show and Joe uh, gets the credit for this as well, because it is a great idea. And uh, he reinforced that fact uh, in a little uh, what would we call it? A team meeting? We can call it a team meeting, I guess. Um, when we had a conversation where we're always trying to figure out what can we do to improve the show. And God knows that we have a way to go and we're never going to be happy. Uh, so looking at this, what would be a great idea is uh, talking about the benefits about what we are going to discuss before we begin discussing it so that you have an idea of why we're discussing what we're discussing. So today's show, when we talk about the principles of exercise, um, and for me, there are seven uh, slash eight. Um, uh, some people say 10. Uh, sometimes I see articles where they talk about the five principles. Uh, some, some talk about the three principles, which I, I don't even know how. There's way more than three. Um, some, there's the, another article I read one time, the 11 principles. But to me, there's seven, and they all – come together under one, which is number eight. And we're going to talk about that today. But when we talk about that, we want to talk about the benefits. And so for me, there's about five benefits uh, when it comes to understanding the principles, the laws of exercise. Uh, number one is 
when you understand these laws as a trainer, it helps you figure out and understand what your client's limits are. So you're, and you're going to see that you're going to see, I'm going to, I'm going to explain it as we go through these, these uh, principles one by one, but it, it, as a trainer out there, any trainer that's listening to this, uh, when you understand these principles, you understand what your client's limits are. And so therefore, you know where to slow it down, where to pick it up, you know, where to keep it on an even kill for a little bit longer than your, you know, normal with another client. Um, and so it's extremely beneficial in that way. Another thing it does for trainers is it helps us to basically apply safe measures that are still effective for their, you know, for our clients. I shouldn't say their clients. I'm, I'm one of them uh, in terms of trainers. Um, for, for our clients. And what we mean by safe measures is if we understand what some of the limits are of our clients, we then know how to apply safer measures uh, in order to make sure that we are avoiding injury, right? That's the last thing you want in the gym. You're trying to build a better body, not, not uh, cause injury and, and setbacks and time away from the gym. That's the last thing you want. So that's also a big benefit. You're going to find out also with these principles, the third reason, the third benefit from an individual standpoint, from you out there, folks, the people that are training, it helps you to understand, recover, and balance in your training, which is something that we seem to neglect a great deal of. And when we talk about those principles, you have a better understanding of where I'm coming from with those two aspects. Uh, the fourth one, again, I said there was five. And again, I'm talking to you guys as individuals who like to train or people who are looking to start training. Um, it teaches you how to progress slowly. And make the gains the right way. Joe and I always talk about what, Joe, the magic pill and the gimmicks, right? And all the baloney out there trying to tell you about building muscle. I just I just heard uh, – oh, I, I just – I sent you that text message, right? Yeah, yeah. The individual who is well-known, millions of people watch this kid, okay? And he speaks for another company. He's not the owner of it, but he has the look. And he has the, you know, I don't, I've never seen him put a shirt on. I, I feel like there should be a GoFundMe because I don't think he has any clothes. But he stands there topless and talks about, literally says he could explain because of body types, right? Which is a show we just did, Joe, right? Mm -hmm. Because of body types, there's a certain way that actors are able to gain 12 to 15 to 20 pounds of muscle yep. in two weeks. Two weeks. That's that's half of a lifetime worth of muscle in yeah, two weeks. For, for for basically, but you somewhere between you know women twenty to twenty five pounds in a lifetime, men and, forty to fifty pounds in a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, and Tony, what do what, what are we doing here? What are we trying to explain to people? I mean, why aren't we just doing this guy's program and just telling them to you know point point the arrows towards him? I mean, it I sounds to me like we're doing everything wrong and he's doing everything right. <laughs> I think we should just start, you know, get the accent, the Arnold accent and be like those two guys on Saturday Night Live. Arms and Fronds. Yeah. Arms and, and, and just, I mean, and just listen, I, I, I go on TikTok and I watch this stuff all the time and I'm thinking, what are we so serious about on Two Brothers, One Mike? You could just act like these people mm -hmm. and pretend like your dog is talking to you. And, and I don't know. But anyway, we're all over the place. Uh, and rant off soapbox. Um, <laughs> That's okay. So basically what I'm trying to say and what Joe's trying to say is we, you know, these principles, these laws, they help you in terms of progressing slowly, making gains properly, not this 12 pounds of muscle, 15 pounds of muscle in two weeks. Ridiculous. And, and finally, the last benefit 
uh, is this. It, it allows, again, going back on trainers now. Trainers, listen up. Oh, actually, actually, it's for trainers and clients, if you ask me. It allows the trainers and their clients, okay, to specify, to, to know exactly what um, exercises, uh, what regimens uh, uh, they're trying to, to apply and what they're trying to do to meet their needs, to meet their goals. So there's specific ways that they want to train in order to meet their goals. And we're going to talk specifically about that when we talk about one of the laws. And that law that I believe we're going to talk about is going to be closer to the end of the show. But nonetheless, those are the benefits of understanding these principles and these laws. And I tell you this, folks, you have to understand that those benefits, if you understand those benefits and you understand these laws as we go through this today, it plays a huge role a huge role in whether or not you're going to be the best you from this standpoint here. Okay. From an exercise and nutrition standpoint. Um, and, and every trainer out there should be living by this and that's end of story. There's, there's a reason why they're called the laws of exercise science, because that's exactly what they are. And, and so getting into it, we're going to go right into the first one and that's the law of progression. So when we talk about the law of progression, and it's and there's no, it's not a fancy word. We understand what it means to progress, but we have to understand how to progress slowly. So Joe, if you can remember, we talked about several shows ago. Uh, we talked about the um, concept of volume versus intensity and the adverse relationship between the two. One is opposite of the other when it comes to increasing and decreasing over periods of time. So, <coughs> excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so uh, maybe a quick reminder when you're increasing volume in your, in your workouts, uh, you're increasing the number of sets, you're increasing the number of reps, you want to decrease intensity, uh, the, uh, uh how heavy the weight is, how much time you're taking to rest in between sets, things of that nature. So if I'm going to increase volume, I'm going to decrease the amount of weight I'm going to be doing, for instance, when I'm doing the bench press. Uh, that is basically that law and vice versa. So if you're increasing intensity, you decrease the volume. If I'm going to increase the amount of weight in terms of pounds, if I'm going to go from 200 pounds to 250 pounds on the bench, then if I was doing 10 reps with 200 and it was getting to the point where I was at my, at my end, uh, as close to failure as possible, in that set of 10 reps for 200, then I want to drop down to maybe six to eight reps for 250 pounds. So I'm decreasing my volume because I in increase my intensity. And so that's, that's the concept of progression as well. It's a rule of thumb that we're going to talk about. So the rule of thumb basically, uh, and trainers out there, uh, you agree or disagree, increase your training by 10% every two to four weeks. Let me give you an example. And I could tell you this, Joe, the law of progression is probably one that I'll spend more time on than others. Some I'll spend more time on than others, but it's extremely important to understand this. Do you remember when we talked about, folks, this is why I talk so much about following the journey. Uh, when we talked about, Joe, uh, chronic and acute workload ratio. Yes, uh, again, but yes. uh, yeah, yeah, but so 
the chronic ratio, the chronic is is the four weeks that you're doing a certain right, number right, of sets. Right. And then the acute is that one week after where you take the average of those sets and then you're working towards a goal in that one week. And then, you know, you start all over again. I, I is, feel like there's going to be a volume, uh, volume versus intensity link in the description here uh, and and a workload and a workload workload. yeah yeah (laughs) folks the two the two shows he's going to put in the description of this podcast you should definitely listen to and you will have a better understanding of the law of progression um so when it comes to this this rule of thumb um you're picking one or the other first so let's say four weeks okay Let's say four weeks, and let's start with volume as an increase, uh, as an example. Let's say, ladies and gentlemen, that you're doing chest, back, and legs. It's it's a certain day that you do this particular workout. You do you do chest, back, and legs, three large muscle groups, okay? And you're doing ten sets for each one for a total of the math is easy, thirty sets. After a four week period, in which you are figuring that out, you are then going to try to increase that workload by 10%, okay? Therefore, you go from 30 sets to about 33 sets. So each each body part gets one extra set now, Joe. It's 11, 11, and 11, okay? Now, if you're going to then go into your acute workout uh, ratio workload week, all right, after you do those four weeks, Joe, of chronic workload, you take that number between 30 and 33, which is 31.5, and you increase that by 10%, and it's about 35. So now you try for that one week to go for 35 sets. And then you try to increase it a little more over time when you go back to your four-week chronic workload again. So does that make sense? I know I threw a lot at you right there. I threw a lot at everybody right there. If you're going 30 to 33, you're going 30 sets, 10 reps, 10 reps, or 10 sets, 10 sets, 10 sets for each body part for four weeks. Right. You get right. to your fifth week. We're not talking about all in one day here. No. no you right. get to your fifth week, and <laughs> okay. now you're going to increase it, okay? You're mm-hmm. going to you're gonna you're gonna find that average, all right? And then once you find that average, first you find what's 10, 10% more of 30. It's approximately uh, 31.5. Okay. Or 33. I'm sorry. 33. 33. So find the middle number there. 31.5. Do that. Then increase it another 10% and try for one week to do 35 sets. So in other words, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have to figure that out. So go 36 sets, maybe 12, 12 and 12. Mm-hmm. All right. Then you can, after those four five, six weeks, then go and switch it and make intensity your number one priority. So for four weeks, if you're doing, uh, let's say you're doing three sets of bench press, okay? And you're starting at 100 pounds for 10 reps, and then you're doing 125 pounds for eight reps, and then you're doing 150 pounds for six reps. And then you do that for several weeks, and you want to increase it after four weeks, you want to increase it to uh, 10%. That's the 10% rule we're talking about right now. So now you're going to go 110 pounds on the bench for 10 reps, you're going to try 135 pounds for eight reps, right? You're going to try 165 pounds for six reps. So you increased everything by 10 pounds, or I'm sorry, 10%. Does that make sense? Yeah, because then you're decreasing your reps. You're decreasing your reps. You're increasing your intensity. You're right. doing it by 10% increments. Right. And when you're saying 12, 12, and 12, now you're talking about 12 sets 
uh, uh, total for chest over a four-week period? Yes. Okay, so we're saying maybe doing chest three times a week, different exercises, 12 sets or uh, three sets each time. Well, you, you, that, that's where you have to be careful. That's a lot of chest in one yeah, week. We're it, talking it about is. one. We're talking about one day a week when it comes to this. Uh, true. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you're doing three once, three times. You're Sorry. doing a lot of sets. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do 36 no. sets of chest no. a week. No, 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 no. no. Okay. No, this is what uh, Tuesday is my chest, back, and leg day. All right. So uh, that's what I'm going to do on Tuesday. So you do that all in one day, but you don't do all of your. In other words, the, what you're talking about, the amount of sets, you're talking about over the span of four weeks, not in doing it all in one week, definitely not in one exercise day. No. So in other right. words, four right. weeks, you're talking about four different exercise days. Four different exercises, right. Yeah. Okay. Then the okay. fifth week is where you try to increase it by 10%. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then on your – and then you can go another week, a uh, sixth week if you want, where you try to go even above that 10%. So you see what I'm saying? So yeah. if you're going 30 sets and then you increase it in that fifth week by 10%, yeah. so you're going to go 33 sets and then you can go another week and say, I'm going to try and do 35 sets this one week or 36 sets this one week. I went another 10% is what I did there. Mm -hmm. And so okay. that's your acute, that's your acute workout load ratio where you're going above and beyond the average of what you did in those four weeks below. Uh -huh. All right. And so then you switch it to intensity. So you switch the whole thing to intensity now, and intensity becomes your priority for the next four to six weeks. So you're going back and forth with progression. Yeah. Does it make sense? It does. It does. You just rotate yeah. between the two. Yeah. This, that, that concept is uh, in-depth in and in detail, and that's where I welcome questions. I mean, uh, truly. So, I mean, again, folks, if there's questions you have, please reach out to us. Reach out to us on our Facebook page. Uh, ask questions. Reach out to us uh, if you have an anchor. Reach out to us with a voice message to us. Um, that that would definitely be a way that you can contact us. Joe, I even recommend if they want to send me an email to my coach Tony um, email uh, right now uh, while we are still working on our two brothers uh, one Mike email address and, and so on and so forth. Maybe even include my coach Tony at TKS Athletics email yeah. into in these episodes so that they mm -hmm. can reach out to me via email and I can answer their questions. Sure could. Or, or or do a podcast about their about their questions. Right. So hey, so now when you go to flip it the other way, then we're talking about higher reps, lower weight. Right. And so then you're going to be increasing your reps uh, by the ten percent rule. Yes. Okay. So it's the same thing, only you're going to be concentrating more on your reps instead of the weight. Yes. Everything is by the ten percent rule. Okay. In this situation. Okay. Yeah, everything is by the 10% rule. And, and, uh, and that is a slow progression. Uh, you think about that when I say four to six weeks, you know, four to six with volume, four to six with intensity, you're talking about three months if you go the full six weeks for both. Right. Right. right? And, and so that's the way it should be. That's and what you know, we call progression. Th there's something to be said here too. Uh, for those who, you know, again, and, and we joke, uh, I mean, I think, I don't know how much of a joke it is. I've, I've proven time and again that sometimes me and math are not friends. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but the thing is this, a lot of folks may look at this or they're listening to the, to the numbers and they're thinking, oh man, this is, uh, I can't. All right. So a couple things before you go and just click off the podcast, listen, first of all, you could always re-listen to this episode and try to grasp, you know, get a grasp on it. Yeah. But here's the other end of it. A lot of this stuff, you know, people say, well, I don't want a professional, I don't need a trainer. I don't need a professional trainer. Well, if, if you're having a hard time grasping the whole of this thing, you could always go 
and find yourself a personal trainer. This is their job. This is why Tony does what he does. This is where he's getting his information from, um, you know, and so they'll personally do this for you. And they'll just tell you to do this. If that's easier for you, then so be it, you know? So what I'm saying is, is don't, don't get discouraged because you're not quite picking it up the first one, two or three times. I got to tell you, if, if I didn't edit these shows and have to listen to it again and again, I probably would have a very hard time, uh, uh, you know, with this on my first go round for sure. Okay. What, what um, a so, show like this. What a show yeah, like this. Yeah. Certainly, certainly. You know what I mean? Um, you know, because again, we're looking at a lot of math, a lot of different things. And then volume and intensity. I even in that episode, if you listen to it, how I get confused between you think volume would be weight, but that's not true. And so, you know, it, it just even getting the terminology straight can, can get a little discouraging. Just stay the course again. <laughs> Listen to the, yeah, listen to the, this, this is the uh, beginning of summer, uh, Northeast Ohio is known as the pollination. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. And, and we're all going through it at this point. Big so. time. Um, but that being said, you know, again, don't get discouraged, just give it another listen to, or if it really gets to that point and you're like, Hey, I'm ready to reach the next level, but I just can't figure this out. Think about a personal trainer. This is what they do. Yeah. And, and, and I can help out there also by saying this, that's it for all that math. Um, as far as the principles are concerned. So let's jump right into the next one and, uh, and help everybody out here with leaving uh, mathematics behind, um, which really, folks, when you sit down and listen to the show twice, it's not, it's not that complicated. It's just adding 10% to everything. But anyway, uh, the second one is the, is the law of regularity. Um, I can't stress to you guys enough, and this, this is simple math, okay? A regular regimen of exercise is an absolute must and when I say regular, I mean anywhere between three to five times per week. Beginners, you know, two times a week, three times a week. Advanced, five times a week. Obviously, you're not going at full-blown intensity for five days a week, but you should be doing, and we're going to talk about a different law here in, in the uh, very near future, which is about minutes away. Uh, but you need to be in the gym and you need to exercise. And, you know, here's, here's the thing. You guys aren't understanding something out there at times. You're, why do we exercise? Why? Everybody says the same thing. I need to exercise. I need to lose weight. Mm -hmm. That is the wrong answer. Weight is a byproduct from everything that exercise brings to the table. You exercise for several reasons, ladies and gentlemen. You exercise to strengthen bone and increase bone density. You exercise to strengthen tendons and ligaments. You exercise to increase lean muscle tissue. You exercise to have more explosive strength, more functional strength, more foundational strength. You exercise to help you in terms of cardio health, okay, with your heart, cardiovascular, and you also are looking to uh, better your lungs, better your breathing, better your VO2 max. That is why you exercise, these are the reasons why a byproduct of all of that is weight loss. And so weight loss, though, the, the biggest way you lose weight is nutrition and how you eat. And I'm not going to get into that. We have 50,000 shows. We've already talked about that. And we're going to continue to talk about that. Not here. But understand that, okay? There's a different reason why we exercise, and that's why it has to be a regular uh, part of your life. Uh, and that's what the law of regularity is all about. Uh, this also, uh, the concept of sleep and the concept of nutrition are in this law as well. You have to, you have to get your sleep. 
We have a show about that. You have to understand the concept of nutrition and how to eat properly and when to eat and why you're doing what you're doing. And we've had a million shows on this podcast about that already. And we're going to continue to have a million shows. So understand that sleep and nutrition play a big part in the law of regularity and exercising on a regular basis plays a big role. And that's really all I have to say about that. Is there anything you want to add to that, Joe, when it comes to the law of regularity? No, no, I think you you pretty much said it, yeah. said it best. I mean, we, like you said, um, you know, a lot of people want to lose weight and that's their biggest, uh, you know, their biggest reason, um, you know, and, and it's it's kind of funny. I even mentioned when we interviewed Tom Kitchenabs, our, our, our sponsor, yeah. I'd even made mention how, you know, uh, a lot of people think that six packs are made in the gym here. They're made in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, it's all about what you put in your mouth. So, yep. you know, it's. You know, that, that, like you said, and you said it best, weight loss is a perk. It's a, it is a byproduct of, of what you should be doing. It is, it is. And, and look how easy that one was. And as we move right on to the next one and it's the, it's the overload principle, it's the law of overload. And, and this is something that all you gym rats need to understand. Uh, It takes place when exercise basically exceeds the normal demands you place on your body. Okay. So overload is good. So when we talk about normal demands on on our body, okay, Joe, and all our listeners out there, we're talking about normal everyday things that you're doing that you're able to. So something as simple as when you sit down and eat and you pick up a fork, you, you take a bite of food, you pick up the fork and you just continue to do that over and over. You could do that all day long. Okay. That's your normal everyday demands, grabbing things off the shelf, putting things back on the shelf, uh, you know, running the vacuum cleaner, uh, fixing your child's toys, uh, whatever you're doing at work on a daily basis from eight to nine to 10 hours. It's that's your normal demands that you place on your body. Um, and so you have to understand uh, overload is, is key to muscular strength and endurance to failure as well. You're looking for that, that point where, you're, you're trying to get that last two to three reps in where you're almost putting your body at failure, all right? Or you're running that sprint when you feel like the last two to three seconds, you can no longer sprint anymore. You have to know where your overload is at, though. And when we talk about that, when we and again, a good form and technique leading to failure is what we're talking about here, Joe, right? We're not talking about swinging your body all over the place in the middle of a, of a bicep curl and throwing your back out in the process. We're talking about slow, steady, control, concentration in the upward movement, concentration in the downward movement, and it's all about elbow flexion and elbow extension. And, and everybody understands that. Everybody's heard before about put your back against the wall. When you do a when you do a curl, so that you don't swing yourself up in the air, you can't you don't have anywhere to go behind you. So you know, good form, good technique, slow controlled movements, uh, leading to almost you know basically muscle you know muscle failure for the most part, and and that's overload and that's good stuff right there. Uh, we talk about also here uh, heart work you know in terms of your heart working at maximum capacity. There's several factors that go into this. There's age, there's weight, there's overall fitness level percentages. And we're actually going to do a show on understanding your working heart rate and your resting heart rate. And that goes into the principle of overload so that you know how to monitor yourself, whether you use an Apple watch or whether you do the the old-fashioned way with the index and middle finger over to the carotid artery right there in your neck and you push in and you, you you count your beats 
over a minute, and then you can figure out what your working heart rate is, what your target heart rate is. And that's for a different show, but it's very much uh, you need to understand it. So, in other words, if your if your target heart rate is 135 to 140 beats a minute. You always know when you're working out that you need to keep your heart rate somewhere in there in order to get the best out of your workout. Now, your maximum heart rate is going to be higher than that, and you always know that if you're above that maximum heart rate, you need to slow down. It's an indicator. So it gives you that idea to know I'm pushing it, I'm pushing it, I'm pushing it, I'm hitting that overload principle, but now I'm a little bit too, I'm a little bit too high. I need to come down. Or maybe I'm a little too low and I need to, I need to boost the exercise up a little bit. I need to increase the intensity a little bit. I need to increase the volume a little bit. So that's basically what the overload principle is. Any questions on that, Joe, that you think maybe the audience might want to ask? Because I, I'm, I'd like to count on them asking questions, but you never know. You never know if they're going to or not. Yeah, just do yourself a, a favor. If, if you don't already have one, a Fitbit, uh, uh, an Apple Watch, uh, wh- whatever it is that will do it for you. Because I got to tell you now, maybe you can do this. I, every time I, I I do the 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 index finger to the neck thing and yeah. I start counting the the beats, but then I start counting the seconds because I'm looking at the watch, I'm counting the beats, and then the next thing I know, I've got you know. I, I'm sounds like a, that, 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 that sounds like a real problem right there. Yeah, it really uh, is. I cannot do both things at the same time, especially when I'm in the middle of a workout and my heart's really pumping and I'm like trying to count, but I'm trying to look at the seconds and I'm trying to count and then. I don't know that you do it for 10 seconds and multiply by six. Couldn't you just do that? That's exactly what you can do. That's yeah. exactly what you can do. Yeah, I can't uh, never make it to 10 seconds. Though. I try. Yeah, you make it to 10 <laughs> seconds. Do it. So in other words, if you get to 10 seconds and your and your heartbeat is 25, you're at what? You're at 100 and what? 50. So, <laughs> so you're at 150 beats. Now, if your working heart rate is 120 to 130, you're a little high. So you want to move around and allow that heart rate to come down a little bit. Uh, you know, if you're at, you know, if it's, if it's 130 is your working heart rate and you're at like 135, hey, you're an overload, you're an overload, but you're not real, real high, but you're, you're right at the threshold there. And that's a great place to be. And, you know, just monitor it in that situation. If you're at a hundred and your working heart rate is 130, you need to get your butt moving uh, yeah. because you're not gaining any of the, um, benefits uh any of the beneficial factors that come into exercising when it comes to working at your target heart rate uh um you know not not really your maximum but your target heart rate so so there's that no i'm just saying i I always get confused because i'll be i'll be on like uh counting the beats and i'll say like five or six but i'm looking at my watch and my watch is on four and then then it just throws me all off because i'm I'm right back to four you see what i'm saying yeah i got you yeah. yeah. And that leads us into the fourth one. That <laughs> sure. leads us into the fourth sure. one. Sure, sure it does. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, well, it does really. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, well, no, it doesn't, lead, it doesn't lead us into the fourth one, but I got what you were saying, so I'm moving on to the fourth one. Maybe <laughs> right. that's a better way of putting it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think everybody understands that, and that's a good point you brought that up, though, by the way, the 10 seconds, you know, multiply it by six. Right, that's, right. that's the easiest way to do it. But, but the fourth one is variety. And this is, this is exactly the law of variety, the, the principle, the variety principle. It, it's exactly what it, you know, what it sounds like, folks, because variety is key, and it's key for, for several different reasons. And one of the biggest ones, now listen to me, one of the biggest ones is boredom, right? I mean, mm-hmm. l- let's face it. I mean, when, uh, when you are, you know, whenever you're doing something difficult, Joe, whenever you are doing something that is exhausting and you're doing the same thing 
weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks mm-hmm. and weeks and months. And it's the same thing. And it's an exhausting thing. And it becomes monotonous and boredom, boredom sets in because, because you're doing the same thing over and over again. That's mm-hmm. a surefire recipe for quitting. Um, it is. It's, it's, it's the easiest way for someone to say, I need some variety here. This is getting ridiculous. I'm just destroying myself doing the same thing over and over again. I want to destroy myself doing different things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so variety is huge. That's one reason. Uh, boredom is big there. And another thing is, is muscle confusion. So another show really, but, but I'm not going to leave everybody hanging there with just muscle confusion. We've heard it before. Uh, what's the basic premise? It's, you know, you're breaking a habit, you you know, you're confusing the muscle causing growth. You're causing change. You're causing the muscle to, to grow, to get stronger. And it's really for another show. But, but when you confuse the muscle by changing your workouts, changing your reps, changing your sets, changing your angles, changing what you're doing, right? Changing from upper to lower body, changing from working back and buys to back and chest to chest and tries to legs and shoulders to when you're, when you keep switching everything up and then you go into more of a power routine, then you're going to more of a strength and conditioning routine. And then, so when you confuse the muscle, it causes the muscle to adapt and then it gets confused again and then adapt. And so the muscle is forced to grow. It's forced to become stronger. It's forced to become more explosive. It's forced to change. And again, that's for another show. And variety helps that. It helps that. So, and last but not least, and this is huge. This is huge for adults. When it comes to variety, our fourth principle, functional strength enhancement. Uh, and this is my own little thing right here. Functional, functional strength enhancement, I add to everything I've learned when it comes to these principles. And it's the different movements in different directions with different intensity and, and all the benefits that go with this. When you're moving in different planes, right? It focuses the frontal plane. There's the transverse. There's the sagittal plane. There's all these different planes your body moves in, and it's very important to move in these different planes. Helps to create that functional strength, that foundation, all right? That strength that you need to do everything, everyday things in life it plays a huge role. And when you're changing it up constantly and you're doing different things in that particular aspect, that variety, that principle, that is huge in helping you to not only become stronger in everyday movements and whatever it is you're doing with your life, but it also helps to prevent injury. So that's huge. And that's basically the principle of variety. See, I told you guys it gets easier after that math problem we had there in the first one uh, when it came to um, progression, the principle of progression. So, you know, that being said, Joe, anything you want to add to variety or are you good with that? Yeah, I think we'll just keep it moving on. Keep it moving. Keep this thing yeah. moving. Keep this, keep it going. And so the, the fifth one, uh, the fifth principle, the fifth law is the law of recovery. All right. Principle of recovery. And this is one that I don't think so many people. So some of you go from, oh God, I can't believe I got to go to the gym. And then you go to straight superhero and you are just, you're, you're, you're seeing results. You're seeing results in every, every aspect, the way your clothes are fitting. People are saying things to you. Um, you could see, I mean, just, you could see how your diet has changed with your eating habits. You're, you're feeling better, uh, by doing what you're doing in terms of your hydration is better. Your sleep is better. Uh, you start measuring yourself, the waist, right? The thighs, the biceps, 
and the inches are increasing in terms of muscularity or decreasing in terms of adipose adipose um, uh, fat uh, tissue around the around the abdominal area, folks. And and you you're loving it. And, and okay, I'll even throw it in there. The number on the scale went down because I don't want anyone to to be mad that I didn't say you should step on the scale. Maybe once every two months, but that's where I'll leave that. Um, and so that being said, you start getting in that gym seven days a week and you start pushing yourself in terms of intensity seven days a week. And you're not giving yourself what is required in terms of resting periods, which normally are 24 to 48 hours, depending on the intensity of the previous workout. So let me explain uh, this to you real quick. When you go in and do a heavy Olympic weightlifting session for explosiveness, all my athletes out there, or even people who just like to do Olympic lifts and they learn how to do them and they, you know, they, they have the movement down pat and they love doing that stuff. You go in there and start doing uh, set reps of 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10 on clean and jerk presses and snatches. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you need a good 24 to 48 hours of rest in between. Now, Here's what I can tell you we can do for you. There's some options you have here in terms of recovery. You do something like that on a Monday. So what are you saying, Coach Tony, that on Tuesday we could do nothing? No. How about a 30 to 45-minute static stretching um, period or a yoga period or maybe a hiking session that day, an active rest day, okay, an active rest day where you do a hiking thing with with the significant other with your children you name it or how about um if you have flex bands how about you do a dynamic stretching day with your flex bands something that is light okay do your core workout that day folks do your 15 minute ab routine that day uh which could be very intense but it's not going to attack all the muscles in the body that you were primarily attacking the day before uh how about a swimming day where there's less orthopedic stress on the body. It's a weightless environment and you're still getting a great workout in while you swim and enjoy yourself for the day. I don't care if it's at the Olympic pool at your local facility or if it's at your pool in the backyard. So, uh, I mean, Joe, does that make sense when it comes to recovery? You have to be able to alternate days. If you were to, if you're going to work out six days a week, uh, several of those days have to be very light. They have to be active rest days, so to speak. Um, even if you're doing upper body, all right, Joe, if you're going to do a chest and back day and it's going to be a heavy day, you're going to work out again the next day and you want to do weights. What do you think you should do the next day? Well, no, I'd probably move on to the uh, lower, lower, right. lower, lower, lower body. Exactly. Do a lower body day. You know, and, and, and that being said, folks, so, I mean, and understanding that, understand this. It's okay to take a day off too. It's okay. I'm going to tell you guys right now, there's times when I go five days of working out, but one of them is yoga. One of them is a static stretching day. One of them is a kettlebell core synergistic day, which is a, an extremely um, uh, intense workout. And the other two are weightlifting days um, in which I'm attacking biceps, tries and shoulders one day, chest, back and legs the other. And so that's what I'm into right now. And eventually, I'll switch it up, right? Because I like that law of variety, right? No boredom for me. So recovery is essential, guys. Please pay attention to your needs to recover, 
Do not overdo it. We had a show about that. And a young lady, Kim Rigetti's Vebeck, and her bout with rhabdomyolysis, which almost cost her her life. That's something that comes about over time. You do not want to put your body in that situation. That's just one type of overtraining um, problem that you can run into. Uh, so there's that. Joe, anything else you want to add to recovery? No, no, I, I think that one's pretty obvious. Yeah. And that leads us right into the sixth one. We're, we're like motoring along. After that, that progression math quiz that I put everybody through, we're motoring right along now. The sixth one is the law of balance. All right. The principle of balance. And um, I, I don't know why Mr. Miyagi just popped into my head. But um, anybody who's a Karate Kid Cobra Kai fan, uh, okay, let's, let's just – got to focus here, right? This is my 80s coming out me again here. But balance is, balance is key. It's a key component. Um, not only if you're looking to reach your optimum levels of fitness, but also to help with injury prevention. And let me, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about with balance here when it comes to injury prevention. Uh, a while back when we were talking about, I think it was leg day was the show. Um, and if you remember, Joe, we were talking about the ratios of the quadricep muscle group, the four muscles that make up the quad, the front part of the leg, and the three muscles that make up the hamstring in the back part of the leg. Can you remember that? Yeah. So if you remember... Uh, when we talked about that with the with the relationship, the ratio between the quadricep muscle and the hamstring muscle, we were talking about the fact that basically the hamstring muscle is about 65% of the equal strength of the quad muscle. So if I get leg extension one time, 100 pounds, I should be able to leg curl one time, 65 pounds. So it's important to understand balance, the law of balance in that aspect, how strong one muscle group is as compared to the opposite the opposite, which here, the front part of the leg, the back part of the leg. What's another opposite? Chest, back. What's another opposite? Lower back, abdominals. What's another opposite? Bicep, tricep. Okay? So understanding the balance between the two and what the ratios are is extremely important. That's something that everybody should look up and understand. Maybe even a show in the near future. Uh, so there's that. And I also want to point this out when it comes to balance it's also, it's not just about the body parts, you know, the opposites as far as the biceps and the triceps and the hamstrings and the quads and so on and so forth. It's also about balancing, um, let's say if you're talking about, uh, let's talk about medium distance runners. So, so let's talk about athletes that run the 800 meter, okay? Um, 800 meter, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is twice around a track. Uh, once around the track is 400 meters. So medium distance runners that are basically running the half a mile, the 800 meter, they're running twice around the track. So they have to have a balance of understanding not only how to run distance where you're running at only a certain percentage of your full rate of speed to at some point running a full rate of speed. You're, you're, you're all out everything you got left in the tank. So there's a balance there, right, Joe? So, when you're training to be an 800 meter runner, you have to train for explosive speed, all right, explosive strength, and you have to train. You have to train for starting strength. So your ability to explode at any given moment, your ability to maintain that explosive explosiveness over a longer period of time, and then you also have to train. You have to you have to train for endurance. You're, it's it's a balance between the two because of what your event is if that makes sense. And so balance plays two different roles. So apply balance 
to maybe whatever your work, your, whatever your job may be when it comes to functional strength. And, you know, maybe part of your job is sitting down and the other part of your job is constantly standing up or constantly climbing. So maybe you're always practicing squats as well as the stepper. Okay, there has to be a balance in between those two, Joe, right? So if you're doing them on the same day, because it applies to the same way you work, squatting and the stepper, which applies to the same thing that you do at your your place of work, there's a balance there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so and so if, if people can understand that, that's that law, the law of balance and understanding that in terms of preventing injury in either everyday life or sport and leads us into our seventh one, which is the one that I always say, I wish I could have Donald Duck on the show to talk about the law of specificity, the law of specificity, um, talking about specific things and specifying the law of specificity. Can you see Donald Duck doing that? Not Donald Duck. Who do I mean? Is it Donald or Daffy? I think it would be Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck. I think it would be Daffy Duck. I think he would be fantastic at, at, uh, that tongue twister right there. So, or uh, Sylvester the cat. Oh yeah. I forgot about him too. <laughs> is he still around? I don't even know if he's still around. I haven't seen him forever. Nah, I, don't know. I don't know. Is that the one who always chased Tweety bird all over the place? Yes, he did. Okay. Shame on him. So anyway, um, uh, when it comes to the law of specificity and this particular principle, we have to understand that it, it sort of goes against the one we just talked about balance. It depends on how you look at it. Uh, so when you're, you're talking about being uh, specific, uh, in other words, towards your goals. Um, uh, if you talk about that balance is always trying to balance from head to toe. Specificity is talking about just concentrating on one thing. So that's not really what we mean here, folks. You have to understand that what we're trying to, what we're trying to say here is we're trying to say, be specific towards your goal. Not not to work, not to stay away from working uh, opposite muscle groups together, but to make sure you concentrate on what it is you are trying to achieve. And let me give you an example. Um, a runner will not predominantly swim four days a week to prepare for a race. Why not, Joe? He's not working his legs. Uh, well, not only that, he's not swimming. He's running. And so, so well, that, I thought yeah, we were going to be a little bit more than the obvious. Well, here, people yes, will say to me, well, well, people will say to me, well, what's the best way to get better at running? And I look at him and I say, run. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's the it's the exact you're mimicking the exact motion and movement of the body that you need to practice. Now, yes, you need to be in the weight room. You need to work other things. You need to work. You know, understand. You know, depending on, are you that 800 meter runner? Or are you that guy that runs the two mile? Are you, are you that guy that runs a hundred meter? Uh, so, so there's that, but none of them three are going to get in a swimming pool four days a week and swim lap after lap after lap to help with their endurance, because that is not going to benefit them overall in preparing them for a race on foot as the same way our swimmer would not be running on the track four days a week. So that's basically what the law of specificity is. And and there's so much more that goes into that, but that's the that's the gist of it, if that makes sense. And and that's that's the seven, that's the seven. But if you could recall in the beginning of the show, as we wrap up here today, we talked about the seven 
falling under what I feel is my favorite one, the eighth one, and that's the law of individuality. Now, when it comes to the law of individuality, you can take, Joe, every one of the seven things I talked about from the law of progression to the law of regularity to the law of overload to the law of variety to the law of recovery to the law of balance to the law of specificity and you can place them all under the law of individuality because it's as simple as this and this is this is as simple as this principle is everybody is different what is what is what is variety for one may not be variety for another what is overloading for one may not be overloading for another what is a if you can recall ron the pharmacist and i having a conversation joe where we were talking about sleep and he said if i get six hours i'm good for me i need eight hours to be good we're all different right So he gets six hours and he is full go all day. I get eight hours and I'm full full go all day. We're the same, but we're different. So when you look at all this stuff, the point being this, what your workout partner is doing in terms of all these laws may be somewhat different than what you're doing. The bottom line, Joe, and it's this simple as we end today's show, if it's working for you, and you're basically following the guidelines of the principles that I just talked about and that you just touched on, don't fix it. It's not broken. Continue on that path. I think that's as simple as it is for today's show, isn't it? Yeah, simple enough. Well, with that, let's uh, talk about next week's show. So next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're bringing back Dr. Nicole Rintilla, where we're going to talk about the concept of trustworthiness and, uh, see what she has to say about that. Tony, you have anything you want to add? Well, you know, it, it, real quick, we had that show on trustworthiness not that long ago, and it was just you and I, you know, going back and forth about our own our own look, our own opinions on it. And sure. when it comes to something like this, I always like to have a professional on, and why not have our clinical psychologist come on? She loves coming on our show, and she emailed me not that long ago, and I asked her, and she said she would love to talk about the concept. And she even gave me some ideas. Uh, she's, she was getting so excited. She was emailing me, I think, um, what she wants to talk about on the show. And, and, you know, and, and so I'm looking forward to having her on. It's always good to have a professional on when it comes to these types of concepts and, and get their professional opinion, uh, not just our biased or unbiased opinion, um, so to speak. So looking forward to her being on the show. Always a great interview. All right. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you're on Anchor and have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. All right, everybody, be the best you out there. Looking forward to seeing you again next week. Don't let the law of progression bring you down. If anything, if anything, Joe, I would think if they don't want to listen to the whole show again, just listen to the show all the way up to that very first law and listen to what I'm saying in terms of math. 10% is key. Simple as that. That's it. That's all I got, Joe. I'm out of here. Have a good one.